Welcome to the Underrepresented in Tech podcast, hosted by Michelle Frechette and Ali Nimmons. Underrepresented in Tech is a free database built with the goal of helping people find new opportunities in WordPress and tech overall. Hi, Ali. Hi, Michelle. <laughs> I had laryngitis the last couple of weeks. I wouldn't have been able to do that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. Tired, but I feel like by Thursday, yeah, I'm always a little bit tired. Yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> but this is so exciting. We This is episode 99 of the podcast. 99. We'll be recording episode it. 100 next week. And it's, I don't even know, well, we never know what we're going to talk about, but I don't know what we're going to talk about for 100. I don't either. But we might have to, to think about it a little bit more in advance than we usually do. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to figure out something really nice to, to do or say or talk about. Um, but it's exciting. So we hope that y'all listen to... I mean, listen to the rest of this episode, of course, but we also hope that you listen yes. to the next Don't week. stop now. Yeah, don't <laughs> stop. <laughs> well, today awesome. I was thinking about, it's it's not to say it's a struggle every week to come up with an idea, but we do put some thought into like what we're going to talk about um, if nothing just arrives out of the blue. Um, and so today I wanted to talk about community and how Lots of times when we are a part of a community, it actually, if we're not careful and if we're not intentional about maintaining that community and building that community and nurturing it, it can turn into other things. It can turn into a click or it can turn into, you know, I think the word cult is thrown on loosely. We all know what real yeah. cults are, are like and what those effects right. are, but they can mm-hmm. become cult-ish, right? And I think a lot of times when you are already inside of a community and you are you benefit from that community, you feel safe there, you know the people, you know how things work to you, it, this is your community and it's fine, nothing's wrong with it. You want to keep it the way it is because you you benefit from it. And I mm-hmm. think that sometimes we can have like blinders on to the limits that our communities are experiencing that turn them into cliques or turn them into cultish sort of environments. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think about this because WordPress has been described by more than one person that I've met so far in my career with WordPress as a cult. I've literally Mm -hmm. had people say like WordPress is such a cult or I stopped being a part of the community because it was so culty and to a degree, I can understand where people are coming from with that sort of a thought process. Um, yeah. I would not literally define WordPress as a cult because, again, that's a very yeah. strong word. Um, yes. I think more so what we can be when we're not careful is clickish, right? Which, like, mm-hmm. that is – I don't know if that's a word that's, that's, like, globally used, but whenever I think of a click – I think of like high school where you have groups of mm-hmm. people who, you know, like mm-hmm. this is this group of people and they only hang out with each other and they don't want to spend time with anybody else. Right. And right. if you, if yeah. you try to join that group, if you as a new person try to ingratiate yourself into that group of people, they're like, no, like you don't fit with us. You don't meet X, Y, Z. The mean girls. Yeah. The mean girls. Right. Um, and clicks, clicks are not just a high school thing. Like I've, I've experienced clicks in, you know, offices, workplaces, even just, you know, pure friend groups can be clicks mm-hmm. and it's very exclusionary. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I think that the word community, we think about this very like kumbaya, everyone loves each other, like very wholesome kind of idea when we think about community. 
but just because you call something a community doesn't mean that it's welcoming. It doesn't mean that it's inclusive. Um, I'm not even going to go into like the diversity part of things because that's a whole other mindset, but just Mm -hmm. the idea of having your community be a place that people would like to be and that Mm -hmm. they find, um, that they, I don't want to say easy to join, but that there are not roadblocks, there aren't blockers for them to join and become a part of that community. Um, mm-hmm. Those are all things that you actually have to like intentionally do. And I think that we, sometimes in the WordPress community, but but I'm sure other communities all over, you know, the tech industry forget to be intentional about those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, that's that's kind of my two cents about it. And I think there are all kinds of ways yeah. that we can be more intentional. And I mean, whenever I think about community building and like people who bring people into the WordPress community, I definitely think about you. I think about you. I think yeah. about people like Topher. Like there are these kind of like these pillars of our community that almost effortlessly, it seems like, welcome people in and make people feel welcome that they want to be a part of this. Um, I've seen you do it for years now. So I (laughs) would love you to talk about like the ways in which you intentionally or even accidentally like make (laughs) this community more inclusive because you do. Yeah. Um, It's funny because like you say that I'm like, do I? But I mean, I (laughs) guess I'm not seeing myself through your eyes, but I think some of the things that that we do, some of the things we talk about, right? So um, there's community and how we react to each other in person at events, whether it's a meetup or a WordCamp, whether it's a small regional WordCamp or a big WordCamp, <clears throat> excuse me, like, you know, US, Asia or um, Europe. But then there's also how do we interact in Facebook groups? How do we interact on Slack? How do we interact with one another, especially on Twitter, right? Where there's mm-hmm. like, it's, it's, what's the word I want? It's a, it can be a hostile, hostile environment, or it can be a really welcoming environment. It depends on who you're talking to and depends on how they're interacting. Right. So, um, one of the things that, so hmm, I don't, I sound so disjointed right now. (laughs) Let me take a step back. I, I first, before I was in high, in, uh, WordPress, I spent almost 25 years in higher education. And I spent 25 years in higher education as a registrar and a director of admissions. And in both of those roles, you are interacting with the entire diverse population of your student body. And I was a registrar first at a small Christian college where there was not a lot of diversity, mm-hmm. but then at a university with it. And I was at the, one of the top 30 business schools in the, in the United States. And so we had uh, four, over 40% international students uh, that I would have somebody walking into my office on a daily basis, um, all the different accents, all the different cultures. I have always wanted to make sure that my students felt uh, embraced, involved, and uh, respected for their cultures. And we did a really good job at that school. So at that school, we had... Um, cultural awareness type days, right? So maybe we're talking 20, 25 years ago. So forgive any labels that might today not be considered like appropriate, but we would have um, different student groups. One I remember in particular was Brazil and we had like 10 students from Brazil. And so they did a presentation over lunch and the school paid for them to order 
local food that was within their cultures and and that we could legally have on campus because you know how campuses are with like bringing it out but and they would do um powerpoint presentation it would include like videos of of dances and it would talk about the gd what is it the uh i can't remember words now the the national products and the national cultures and things that had to do um we learned a lot about soccer that day, or is it, it's called everywhere, but besides football. the United States football. Um, and I mean, I grew up, I've, I've said this before, I grew up in a very white community, in a very non-diverse community, in a very non-diverse family. But I always had it instilled in me that people have value, and it's not just your people that look like you. And so getting outside of my little white bubble into like a cultural, um, you know, uh, salad of people, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, not a melting pot, because we're not trying to everybody look the same, right? But a, this wonderful, rich uh, experience of being with all these people and meeting them and learning and teaching, idi- I taught a class in idioms and, you know, US idioms that we say so that when somebody who's here for two years or a year from China, here's like, oh, they were three sheets to the wind. Like, what does that even mean? Right. So like I I was teaching classes like that to uh, international students to make them feel more welcome. I think I bring some of that forward with me into what I do here in WordPress. The last position I held, I was, I was the director of a massage school and that's where I really got an entrance into knowing and learning about the LGBTQ plus community because I hadn't had that experience before and knowing people that were openly gay, openly queer. Um, at that point in time, there were not a lot of openly trans people because we're talking still the early 2000s. Uh, WordPress has introduced me to a lot of my trans friends, which I think is wonderful. But bringing all of those experiences forward, understanding how to value people, I think is the, the first and foremost, I grew up, I think we've talked about this before. I grew up like the United Colors of Benetton and being colorblind. I don't see color. I'm colorblind. Right. And that in the eighties and nineties, that was like, that's awesome. You don't mm-hmm. see color. Everybody's the same. Um, and we've moved past that now too. I absolutely see color and I appreciate you for who you are and the culture that comes with um, how you you're born and raised. And so I think a lot of those things come into just being able to be open and welcoming to people. I was at work camp Montclair this past weekend. It was toward the end of the day. And I was just kind of like, you know, me on my scooter, like tootling around. <laughs> and there's two, um, a, a two black women who were ta- who were having conversation. And one had an amazing head wrap, by the way. And I had complimented her earlier in the day because she just looked like so awesome. And I, so I pull up to these two women and <laughs> pull up to me. And these two women <laughs> on my scooter. And I was like, hey, can I join your conversation? And they were like, yes, of course. And uh, the one said to me, I don't know if you remember me from last year, but I remember you and your talk on diversity and inclusion. I was like, oh, good, I'm glad. And so the three of us had a so wonderful conversation. Never once did they give me the side eye like, oh, that white girl just pulled up to talk mm-hmm. to us, right? And never once did I say to them anything about anything that was just like, hey, how's the conference and all of this stuff going? And as I kind of like, as we drove away that night, I was thinking to myself, that was one of the best conversations there because we were just literally laughing and having fun together, even though I didn't really know them, they didn't really know me, but that's not what it was about, right? But also the fact that the two of them were kind of off to the side, just the two of them, and not like a lot of other people interacting and whatever. And I thought, well, I'm going to interact because that's who I am. 
but also, I don't know, I feel like I'm rambling now, but <laughs> just, just the idea of when I grew up, if there were two black women, you didn't approach them because mm-hmm. you didn't have anything to share. You didn't understand their experiences. You might even be a little bit afraid. And mm-hmm. so the idea that we can grow past whatever was ingrained in us from our childhood um, into who we can be today and embrace one another for who we are, including our backgrounds, our cultures, our sexualities, our skin color, all of those things, whether we're on a scooter or standing, like mm-hmm. all of those things come into play with being able to talk to each other. Mm-hmm. And at those in-person events, we talk about that Pac-Man concept and make and making our groups be open so other people can join us. I talked often about sitting at a table by myself where anybody can come up and join me and I want to meet them. Or mm-hmm. sitting at a table where there's one seat left and saying, can I join you? And meeting new people as opposed to just sitting with my friends that I've known and were impressed forever. Because I talk to y'all all the time. <laughs> and yes, I will sit with you sometimes. Let's grab breakfast, whatever. Yeah. But I want to meet and, and know as many people and more impressed as I can. And I think that that's part of what makes it a, a pretty amazing community is that you can, if you are willing to, if and, I'm, and I understand there are introverts who the thought of doing some of those things is beyond their ability to engage and they're hoping that somebody like me rolls up to them and says, Hey, how are you doing? So I'm Mm -hmm. not saying that everybody can do what I do at that level, but being open to it is something that's super important. And we can actually extrapolate that into the online community as well. We hope you're learning a lot from the podcast. If you have any questions or need specialized help making your space more diverse, equitable, or inclusive, book a consulting session, audit, or strategy service with us. Just go to underrepresentedintech.com slash services for more information. Back to the show. And I think that's that's so impactful and that's so important, particularly bringing it back to communities because we've only recently started seeing the, the, the comeback to in-person events, right? Um, and I remember so many instances at in-person events where yeah, I'd be sitting at a table with people that I knew, people that I had seen at many uh, other conferences, other WordCamps before, but which can be described as cliquish, right? We're sitting together because we know each other, but so frequently, and I started learning how to do this by watching other people. You'd, Yeah, like you said, you'd see somebody sitting alone or you'd see somebody pass the table and you'd say, oh, hey, I, you know, I liked your talk or, you know, you, you bridge some kind of gap and you invite them to sit with you. That to me is one of the, one of the most powerful things that I've seen at pretty much every WordCamp I've been to. And I've been to like, and a little over a dozen by now. Um, and it, it happens like at lunch or in between sessions, right? We don't do a lot of our community building during the sessions. That's where we're sitting quietly and we're listening and we're learning and all that. But the ability for us to socialize with each other in a not necessarily like networky kind of way is like, it is so important because you sit down and you talk to these people and instead of having this feeling of like, well, I don't really belong here. I don't know as much as they do, blah, 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 blah. We're, we're just all kind of equalizing ourselves and we're all just people, um, which, you know, I went to the only other in-person conference, tech conference that I've been to that was not WordPress. I'm not going to say what it is because I think I've talked about it on the podcast before and I don't want to bad mouth any other uh, organizations or, or communities, but I went to a very large, I'll say women focused tech conference. Mm-hmm. And it was not a community. That was not what was important. 
there were lots of talks to go to. There were some socializing things, but not really. The big thing was to walk around the big sponsor area and basically uh, literally network, like get someone's card so that you can send them a resume. Like that was like the point was to try and find a job. And there was no community anything. And the whole time I was there for three days, I basically spent the entire time by myself. I saw some people standing together and talking, but it was usually like they came from the same company or they came from the same town or something. And there was no like opportunity for people to really mix together. And the times that I did try to talk to people, they were just very, very, very job focused and were not interested if I was not helpful toward that end. Um, And I stayed in contact with nobody that I spoke to. I got a lot of business cards, but I didn't stay in contact with any of those people, you know, because there was no human connection there. And I'm sure lots of people got jobs and found it very useful and wonderful in that way and learned things at the sessions I did. But like Mm -hmm. the number one thing to me that was missing that made me feel like I'm never coming back was the, the clickishness of the people who did sit together and how there was no emphasis on let's bring other people in and meet new people. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what makes WordPress very special is that we mm-hmm. tend to emphasize that. We tend to think a lot about how we are going to provide socialization at these events, virtual or physical. Um, right. Like that's really good community building that we do. Um, mm-hmm. And I do think a lot about how we can do that outside of events. Yeah. And I feel like we haven't yeah. really nailed that yet. And so from the outside looking in, if somebody who maybe hasn't been to an event, we can come across as clickish because mm-hmm. we have these pods of people that know each other from these events. And, yeah. you know, I, like I even remember at some point realizing in terms of the people pre-pandemic who were kind of career word campers, you know, who were going to basically every single one, yeah. there is an East Coast and a West Coast like group of people that know each other and go to all those coasts, all those camps on their, you know, side of the country. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, I find those things really interesting because they can be helpful, but they can also be like discriminatory is a strong word, but they can be inclusive, I suppose. Um, Mm. So yeah, I feel like it's important for us all the time when we're doing things in the community and when we're, whether it's from an event to hiring people, you know, to think about what's the decision that I can make right now that is going to push the community side of things forward and not push the click side of things Mm -hmm. forward. Right. Um, So like another good example is like when I met you, we met over Twitter because you needed a podcast guest. And I said, okay, I'll be a podcast guest. And I don't know if a lot of people know this, but through meeting me and speaking with me and learning about the things that I do, you helped me to, or you encouraged me to apply for a job at GiveWP. I don't think you like Mm -hmm. went to anyone and said, you should hire her. But like, I learned about that opportunity because you told me about it. And Mm -hmm. that to me is very community, right? It's like, you could have just said, well, I don't really know her. I'm going to go recommend my friends, the people that I already am close to, but Mm -hmm we found that we had that I had skills that were relevant to that job and you you know cleared that opened that door for me um Mm -hmm. and that to me is like is community building is you you Mm -hmm. help other people 
for the sake of helping other people, right? Not yeah. because they're going to benefit you. I think it comes down to a couple of things that like we hear our whole lives long, um, but so many of us have yet to internalize, which is, <laughs> you know, kindness is free. And it comes down to kindness. And part of being kind is being observant and looking for ways to be kind. It's, you can be a kind person when you are asked to do things. But to be a proactively kind means you're looking for opportunities to be kind to others. Mm -hmm. So I think that that practicing kindness and looking for opportunities to help one another is is really something that a lot of people haven't got that last step yet, right? Because they don't think about we we as human beings are so concerned about us all ourselves all the time that sometimes we forget to look outside of ourselves and our bubble. And then, um, you know, the, the other idea was, uh, oh, shoot, I forgot it already. I'll come back to it. But, but, but practicing kindness, I think is one of the biggest things. And that's what people tell me all the time. Like people don't tell me I'm the smartest person in WordPress. People don't tell me I'm, you know, I mean, yes, they tell me I'm the busiest person sometimes, but I have people, one-on-one people will tell me that I'm one of the kindest people that they know in WordPress. And that's because I'm looking for opportunities to be helpful. Little things like and it seems like a little thing to a lot of people. Probably. It takes over an hour to do my weekly Wednesday jobs thread tweet. Mm-hmm. I'm not getting paid to do that. I'm, you know, I have a sponsor, but it's an in-kind sponsor. Like I've not, I've made no money doing that. And it's because it's not about the money. It's looking for opportunities to help people in the community. Um, WP speakers, same thing. D- you know, WP career pages. Some of the projects that I've done, and I'm not suggesting that everybody has to drop everything and do projects, but look for opportunities, look for gaps, whether that's with one person or the entire community and find a way to use your kindness to fill those gaps. I think that yeah. those are things that kind of go a long way. And I definitely, I've seen you and a lot of other people, like I put a lot of emphasis on people who are kind when nobody is looking, right? Like people yeah. who are kind uh, not to get the reception back of that feeling, not to impress anybody, not to, you know, promote it or anything like that. But when if it's just you and another person in a room, yeah. being kind for the sake of it, um, I think is pretty, pretty incredible. And like, yeah. you know, to strangers, not always the easiest thing to do to be like, you know, I'm going to put myself out there, and I'm gonna, you know, make myself a little vulnerable to help this person that I don't know. I don't know if they even deserve yeah. it, right? You can't, because that's the other thing, right? Is you can't just blanket say, well, I'm going to be equally as kind to everyone all the time, no matter what, right? Like, life doesn't, life, life does not work that way. <laughs> life does not work, work that way, right? Um, right. But we, we find people, I, I think it's always, as a community member, giving folks who are new the benefit of the doubt, right? And saying, I want you to be a part of this community. I'm going to be kind. I'm going to help you. I'm going to whatever, whatever you can. Um, And, you know, we've talked before about like, what what am I trying to say? We've talked before about managing community in such a way that when people are detrimental to that community, you're not just going to look the other way and say, well, I'm going to just be kind and keep doing things for you no matter what. Right. But I think, yeah, especially for a community like ours that depends so much on this like lifeblood of people coming in with new ideas and new experiences and new skills, welcoming in new people um, is such a strong community building and maintenance practice um, that I think, yeah, a lot of our projects help with. And I'm really proud about that. Um, So, yeah. 
that's all yeah, I want to talk that's about. <laughs> the only other thing I'm going to add to it is one of the things that I have said over and again, I love random acts of kindness, but I really love intentional acts of kindness mm -hmm. and it's possible to do both. Right. So mm -hmm. random acts of kindness is great. You know, who hasn't returned somebody's shopping cart once in a while or, you know, offered to that extra dollar at the at the register that somebody was short those kinds of things those random acts of kindness i think are wonderful and they define humanity in a wonderful way intentional acts of kindness looking for opportunities is even better so if you yeah. can this week at some point in time find ways to be kind to others and help others find the bright spots in the community and feel that sense of belonging in the community because of something you're able to do yeah good note to end on absolutely Wonderful. We'll see you next week when we have our 100th, 100th episode. episode. Yay. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Go out and be kind, and we'll see you next week. Bye. This episode was sponsored by the following companies The Blogsmith. The Blogsmith is a holistic content marketing agency for B2B technology brands that creates data driven content with a great reader experience. Visit theblogsmith.com to learn more. Thank you so much to our sponsors for this episode. If you're interested in sponsoring an episode, using our database, or just want to say hi, go to underrepresentedintech.com. See you next week.